Last week, we talked about our nominations for the 2023 Plugged In Movie Awards. And, you know, for every movie that made the list, I think we had about six that didn't. And with some (laughs) of those movies, we practically ended up, well, coming to blows over which ones we're going to end up on the list. Hey, everyone. Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, Focus on the Family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us. Well, on the Plugged In Show last week, we told you about all 20 nominees that we've chosen in four different categories, Best Movies for Kids, Teens, Adults, and Best Christian Movie. And you can go to PluggedIn.com slash blog and see those entries and vote for the one that you like the most. And as I mentioned last week, this meeting is one of our favorites of the year because, well... We get to get all of our personalities out at the same time and and just bash them together for like three hours and see, you know, what comes out of the wreckage. So lest you think that we are some sort of bastion of groupthink where we all just march in lockstep, I thought it would be fun and we thought it would be fun to, to let you see what it's really like when the proverbial and rhetorical gloves come off and we really had some some spirited conversations and i don't know that we'll recreate those conversations in their entirety (laughs) but we might give you a sense for how we think about movies how we deal with certain content issues that make something not a slam dunk you know does that push it out of bounds how heavily do we weight that and i think at the bigger sort of more macro level just thinking about how do we have conversations with people close to us when we have strong disagreements, which hmm. if you have teenagers, uh, you have those talks every day. Yeah. Ask me how I know. And in our second segment, I'm going to be talking to Christian music singer and actor Granger Smith about his new movie, Moonrise, which is now playing on Pure Flix. After that, we'll wrap things up with another rousing round of Name That Movie. And maybe Paul will win this week. Maybe. I guess we'll see, even though there's not really a a winner. In a competition that isn't a competition. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where we're headed today. And as always, we encourage you to get involved with the Plugged In Show yourself. Leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Well, with no further ado, let's get started. Joining me today are Emily Chow, Paul Acey, Kennedy Unthink, and our very own Bob Hoos. Thanks for joining me today. Hello. Glad to be here. Hello. Well, hello. And now we'll do funny voices. No, we won't, because that's actually not our our day job, or even we don't even moonlight as funny voice people. No, no. Although you do a little bit, Bob. Um, Yeah, just just normally. (laughs) (laughs) So, as we talked about movies for the Plugged In Awards recently, we really we had some moments. I thought. Yep. And. I wanted to just throw a couple of those movies out there on the table and say, what was it that we liked about these movies that people were, you know, pretty passionate about and what ultimately sort of maybe pushed it off the list? And what was the pushback? Yeah. What was the pushback? So. Well, I'll bring up an easy one. Okay. That was probably on the table for like two minutes before we ultimately decided no, but it was still a consideration was everything everywhere all at once okay that movie has a lot of content concerns yeah. which ultimately was the reason why we decided uh probably we're probably not going to uh bring this one up but a very creative but, and interesting film yes definitely one of the most creative films of 2022 i'd yeah. say um but one of the most positive things that it 
was talking about was this, it was grappling with this idea of existential dread Hmm. of how do we live in a world that has no ultimate purpose. And it got to this idea that we were able to kind of bring about, you know, in our review talking about how, you know, the Bible says a lot of the same thing in Ecclesiastes, except it, it ties it in saying, well, there is no point to existence except for glorifying God. And we were able to uh, look at that movie and see, oh, well, this is really, in a way, it's helpful to get people to start thinking about these things, about what it means to exist as a human being and what it means to be a person and uh, how that relates to how we interact with the world around us. And like I said, ultimately, we decided, uh, no, we're not going to do that one because there are quite a few content issues in it. But it was an interesting uh, message that we wanted to talk about. As you mentioned last week, those kind of connective ideas and themes are what we're always looking for. You know, are there things in these movies that make us think, make us question, make us make us work our way through an idea? And, And that one definitely has it. Yeah, it was interesting to me how many of these these movies that we discussed, we can sort of anticipate uh, have already won awards this season, could win more awards this season. Everything Everywhere All at Once is definitely one of those. The Whale has gotten a great deal of buzz. That was another one that we were really talking about. Again, the the content concerns for some of these movies are so extreme. Yeah, there right. was just mm-hmm. no way that we could we could really put them on a plugged in movie award list in good conscience. And the whale was a really good example of that. Well, both of those two films have both of those some sexual, definitely strong sexual content. Huge, huge, huge issues, yeah. and yet when we watch them. I think that those of us who did watch them were moved by some of the elements that we saw. I know with The Whale, it has some some interesting spiritual things that made me sort of think about my own spirituality, about about my relationship to people who were trying to bring into faith. And I thought that that was an and, interesting element. Just the relationship between that father and his daughter, mm-hmm. his strange daughter. I mean, it was so powerful and emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think these are the kind of stories that that bring up something that we grapple with as a team, which is as we review movies that a lot of times are rightly rated R because of this extreme content, and both of those two movies are in that category, how do we weigh the redemptive messages versus the things that are just ugly in terms of not necessarily aesthetically ugly, but a in terms of the sin and the brokenness that is depicted, because we know as Christians that sin really is something that, that tears us apart. And yet sometimes as Christians, I think we want a a sanitized depiction of that. And when we see it sort of unvarnished, it's hideous. And, and individually in our families and for, for each of us on our own, we have to make the call about, where does the redemptiveness of a particular movie balance against the fact that those images are are hard? And I think generally speaking at Plugged In, we err in a very cautious direction in terms of taking those things seriously. Well, and I think there's a bit of a chart that, you know, for any uh, for any movie you watch, there's, you know, you draw your little uh, chart and 
on this side, it's the content issues. Right. On this side, it's the redemptive messages. And so every movie on there has a dot, but you have to kind of for your own family, and maybe even yeah. it's different for every member of your family, you draw your own line for where on the scale, like, you know, so for a child, your line is going to be, you know, if it's going across, it's going to lean towards the redemptive messages whereas for an adult you know you can handle a little bit more content with slightly less yeah. redemptive messages but I and that think all that... comes down to the individual right you know the individual yeah. adult needs to decide okay how much of this can I swallow how yeah. much can I watch without thinking oh my goodness turn this off which actually leads us uh, pretty well into redeeming love yeah let's well. do redeeming love mm. oh yeah because Bring that's it. That's probably the most controversial Christian movie that came out in 2022. Yes. Uh, you have people who are diehard fans of it. You have people who say, oh, this is, uh, I mean, go as far as to say softcore pornography. Yeah. Well, but, so, well, tell us a little bit about what it is because everybody may not be yeah, so familiar. Love, and then we'll share a funny story about the movie too. Redeeming Love is uh, a retelling of the story of Hosea and Gomer from the book of Hosea and the Bible. Um, and it tells basically of this man who uh, he feels that God has called him to go marry this prostitute. And now the prostitute, she, she doesn't feel like she's clean enough for him. She doesn't feel like she's good enough for him because he's a, a, a righteous man and she has done all these horrible things in her past. She's been abused. She's had all this trauma. Um, and so she keeps thinking, well, I just have to keep going back to essentially this. Right. This, what she knows. Yeah, exactly. Right. And Every single time he has to go back and he says, no, I still love you. I'm going to keep bringing you back time and time again. Now, that's a great story. And, you know, it's a biblical story. And it, it's supposed to talk about uh, God's relationship with us as we continuously stray away from him. Uh, the issue we had th with the movie is that there are a lot of content concerns. Uh, that would be uh, a, a mild understatement <laughs> or a major yes, one. <laughs> uh, specifically within the sexual realm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the fact is, actually, I liked the film. Yeah. I did. Mm -hmm. I can be brave enough to say that because I felt that it was a powerful uh, uh, picture of that story, mm -hmm. so clear. And I liked, I also liked the dramatic aspect of it. With They didn't just paint uh, the Gomer character as this this pure what was person I interested only in in satisfying her sexual needs it wasn't that they painted her as a real person who had suffered a great deal in her life mm -hmm. and like you said most of her decision process was because she didn't believe herself good enough and i thought that was a i thought it was a very powerful application to that story and and i i thought it was also an emotional and moving story by, by the time we got to the end of it mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and the funny story I was going to tell was that that was Kennedy's first movie <laughs> review yeah. for us, and we thought we were doing him a favor we'll by send sending him to, him to a, a nice, nice Christian, Christian movie. movie. And, That's right. and I think that it it begs the question, again, when we want to depict sin, how do you do that effectively right. on camera? And mm -hmm. so I think Kennedy and I came out of it, it was hard to to give the redemptive elements their due because there was an eroticism to it that totally caught me by surprise and certainly caught poor Kennedy by surprise we, in well, his we first felt movie. That <laughs> there was a sense of if someone is, is here to watch a movie about redemption, 
Right. We don't want them to have, if they struggle with sexual mm. desire, for instance, yeah, that pornography. We, don't, we don't want them to have that temptation sure, through a movie sure. that's supposed to be about redemption. Yep. It is one of the trickiest things that we deal with on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis is that that struggle. Because a lot of the movies that we see, they have a good purpose in mind in some way. Yep. And yet to get to that purpose, they feel like they need to show certain elements. Yep. Uh, and so it really becomes very much a judgment call. How much do you show to get your message across? How much do you need to pull back? You know, Bob and I are big old movie fans. We know yep. that in the 1940s, 1950s, you could tell a great story without any content. Without any language, without any nasty language at all. And yet it could be a completely dynamic film that keeps you riveted on the edge of your seat uh and and we've lost that. we'll always have paris uh, <laughs> you know kind of to that point there are uh two of the other movies that we debated over uh she said and women talking yeah, right. and it paul and i were it. the you know the table slappers for that one um <laughs> that debate and ultimately we actually chose not to put either of them on the list because of the content concerns uh for me you know looking at she said that's a r-rated movie mostly for language and what you just said bob you could Back in the day, you could make a great film that kept audiences engaged without uttering a single curse. But that movie had a slew of F words and other colorful language. And, you know, they didn't need it. They could have removed that language and it still would have told the story very well, I think. Um, And if you don't know what that particular movie is about, it's about uh, two New York Times reporters who broke the story on Harvey Weinstein. So it's based on a true story. And the Me Too movement. And they they helped create the Me Too movement. And so essentially they were giving, giving voice to women who previously had had none, who previously felt like they were powerless to speak up about the abuse that they had faced. Which is a great segue to talk a little bit about women talking, because that right. truly is talking about these women who have had no voice, The just to get the setup. And, and just to warn our viewers, this was probably the most robust conversation we had, would get you ready, say? Bob. I think it was like 20 <laughs> minutes, just that get conversation alone. Get your musket loaded. Yeah. I'll, I'll come like back later. <laughs> So well, we don't have to get that heated. Uh. So the movie, we've actually talked about this on a podcast, and I'll try to be really brief and, and concise, but uh, it's about this closed religious community uh, based on a true story of how uh, women in this religious community were habitually abused by the men in the community. Um, it is actually rated PG-13. The content that we see on screen is navigable while the issues themselves are very, very difficult. Because of the abuse. Yes. I think uh, Bob and I actually argued against it on two different points. Bob, yours, I believe, was more about their portrayal of men in that film was very one-sided. Exactly. Uh, I think Paul was looking... Well, I won't speak for Paul. Yeah, you can... Uh, He's right here. He can talk about himself. Yes. I I will say why it should have been included. I looked at it. I looked at it and saw it to be much less dramatically cogent than I expected it to be. It was a film that dealt with the toxicity of masculinity, but it dealt with it 
instead of dealing with it as a dramatic format, you know, where we meet all the characters and we f- see the conflicts, it, it was much more of a screed to me, like, uh, like a, uh, a, a liberal screed against manhood. Because, and one of the me- big reasons that I saw it that way, is because we never see men. We only see, we see one man in the course of the film. He is sort of the good man, the acceptable man. And he's the, he's the man who can't make decisions on his own. And he is... Um, and you said he cries a lot, too. Yeah, he cries a lot. And basically... <laughs> There's does, nothing wrong with crying. We're just but, saying that this guy in particular he does, was not... He, he does what the women tell him to do. And that makes him an acceptable man rather than someone who can make his own decisions. He wasn't and, standing up for the women. He was just acquiescing to right. them. And so that's, that's why I thought it... The film became much more of a diatribe then for me as I saw it pounding a message without showing us all sides of the story. Uh, the, only, the, the only other man, we never see any of the men, they're, they're more of this, this great group of unwashed, vile individuals who have done all these really bad things. We never meet any of them. We never hear their story. We never hear anything that they have to do in this particular story, except for one man that comes back from, from the city or from the town, and we never see his face. We're never shown his face. The only thing we're shown is the, the face of his wife and child after he beats them up. So basically, it's a very one-sided story that wants to get across this powerful message. Now, don't get me wrong. I thought it was well acted. And if you took any of the single actors, if you just plucked out their particular monologue, it would be a great soliloquy. And you would say, man, that is brilliantly done. But when it's all together, it's not very dramatically sound. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that just sounds like we don't necessarily want to know the story of the abuser. Um, And I think that that topic and that theme is so difficult to approach that I think that many women and men even, I think that it'd be really difficult to watch that without feeling a little uncomfortable as you're leaving the theater. I think those are all really valid points. So I was the one who was Mine really too. pounding. No, yours were not. <laughs> yours were not, Bob. No, we'll no those all, meaning yours too. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that when we're talking about difficult movies and movies that, that we're considering for this list and, and that tend to win awards, they can be difficult movies. Last year, I think we had no. The Father on our list and when i saw the father not the talks about movie of the year no <laughs> no it's talking about dementia it's talking about alzheimer's and the and the troubles that you have there you know my family has issues with that we have history with that as many families do and i did not want certain members of my family to yeah. see it because i thought that yes. it would just be too hard to see and i yeah i just watched a movie called the sun oddly enough about mental illness that was very very difficult for me to navigate navigate through. Um, At the same time, I think that those movies can have value. While we let people know what those movies can contain, I think that they can be, they can have the value for those who can stomach what it comes with. Uh, It can be incredibly um, provoking in the best sense of the word when Mm -hmm. you think about some of the issues involved. And for me, um, one of the things that I loved about it, what, what you say, Bob, is absolutely right. When you're talking about 
it is a one-sided story. Yeah. It is a one-sided story. You never see these men's faces. And I think to what Emily said as she was talking about it, she could get behind that because of what the movie was trying to do. It was a purposeful reverse of what these women in this community had dealt with. Yeah. I personally did not see it as sort of this overall men are bad. What I saw it as no, was... No, men are terrible is what this is. <laughs> They're not merely bad. They're, not They're monsters. They're not bad. But exactly. you do see how power can corrupt, and that includes religious power. And I think that that's an issue that it's an important one for us as Americans, us as Christians, those of us who tend to find ourselves in certain positions where we have authority. How do we use that authority? How do we navigate that? How do we treat those around us with respect and honor and love? This movie shows the antithesis of that. And the thing that that I really resonated with is you can see elements throughout history. This is based on a true story. You see elements throughout history where you see people who might have been good people under other circumstances who are turned bad. You look at the yeah. concentration camps. And I'll just, I'll end with this. Um, Will the, you? The other, the other <laughs> thing that resonated with me is it talks about all of this within the crucible of faith. Mm, yes. These women are women of faith. The faith that they have experienced in this community has damaged them incredibly terribly, right? The, the faith that they have grown up with is not the faith of of true Christianity. It's not the faith of our father. To watch them struggle with what they've been raised to believe, what they know to be true, yeah. and still cling to that beauty of faith, that power of faith, as they seek to keep them and their children safe was incredibly yeah. powerful. Well, I would agree. I think their faith element was the strongest element of the film. But one thing you mentioned... And this will be the last thing I say about it. Now, one thing you mentioned was that it, hold you both it, was based, it. <laughs> it was based on uh, a true story. That's true. But it wasn't an actual true story. At the very top of the film, it says that, that the whole film was created from the imagination of a female. Okay, so, yes, what they've done is they've taken this story and they've, or, or the director and writer, and they've reshaped the story so that it delivers their message. And, and it becomes this pure message film. And that's what bothered me the most about it. Not the, not the faith aspect, because I, I appreciated the faith aspect, except that the men, of course, were all these vile things that can't even stand by their own faith. But the fact that, that they're reshaping this to just pound home a message, rather than creating a picture, an idea, a dramatic story that helps us think through it and walk away going, Here's what I believe. This is one of the beauties of the conversations that we have, yep, yep. right? Because this went, this conversation went on for a good 20 minutes, right? It almost yeah, today, we've, actually, uh, we've actually done a pretty good redo right here. But I do but think— that was the point. We but that, that was the point. I, I think that that's—when we deal with movies, we bring—not only do the movie creators bring— 
what they want to create to the table, but we bring our own experiences, our own outlook, our own ideals yep. to the table as well. And, and the same when we watch them. Exactly. I mean, it, you guys are sitting right next to each other, but you experience this movie in a very different very way. Very differently. Exactly. And, and, and I think that that's important to understand that the different movies can impact us all so differently, and that includes us on the plugged-in team. Something yep. can really resonate with us. Well, well, another person on the team, it can leave them cold. And, and that's one of the beauties of our team, I think. Right. Well, and, and when we write reviews, I mean, to move it out, you know, even another level, we try to keep all of that in mind. You know, what what do we need to say that's going to help the broadest number of people to yep. understand what we're dealing with here? And sometimes you may read one of our reviews and you may have a disagreement with part of our perspective uh, but our hope is that our reviews are not yes, no, here's the answer, but that they can be a catalyst for conversation in your family. Sometimes, you know, a catalyst for conversation just internally. You know, yeah. we may just be wondering, should I watch this or not? Do well, I need to see this? Even, and Even we as, as plugged in team members have when when we've seen a film together or, you know, or we've seen it at different times. Before the review was even created, we had this kind of a conversation, exactly. mm-hmm. and we hammer it out back and forth because we want to have the best review possible. Exactly, we want to try and cover as many sides of the equation as we can, and then give readers something that they can walk away with and say, "Okay, well, what do I think about this?" and yep. and how do how do I work this particular film in my world? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope as you've listened today, you've gotten a, a deeper sense for how deeply and how seriously we take the jobs that we do. And we hope that it serves you and your family and maybe even can be something that helps you to communicate, especially if you have kids moving into their teen years, you can have really different opinions on things, right? And and I, I hope that you've seen, especially with, with Bob and Paul just now, the back and forth of listening to mm-hmm. each other, of hearing each other, of understanding where that person has come from. And yet after that, um, Sometimes as a parent, we still have to make the decision, right? And uh, and there's kind of a dance there between, all right, we're doing this because this is what we need to do, but I want to hear from you as well. So I hope that this conversation has been another data point in, in perhaps what <laughs> that can look like in your own well, family it, life. It doesn't have to be an argument. Exactly. Right. It can be a discussion. Exactly. And Although that's it can the, get close. Point. It can get close. Yeah, well, <laughs> now you're, you're now arguing about whether we're arguing. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think our time in this conversation is through for today. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Sure. Well, today I've got the pleasure to talk to musician and actor Granger Smith. Good morning, Granger. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us at Plugged In today. Well, Granger, you have been around the country music industry for, man, more than 20 years, almost 25 years. But recently you had a chance to star in the new Pure Flix movie, Moonrise. Tell us a little bit about that movie and and what it was that led to your participation in it. Yeah, it's interesting because I didn't have a, a big aspiration to seek out movies or to be an actor at all. But one day I got an email uh, from my brother, who's my manager as well. And he said, Hey, there's a, there's this group that wants you to check out a movie script they sent. And I, and I just kind of thought, yeah, movie script. I I don't know. (laughs) But, but I was, I was outside. I was on the front porch and I was on the porch swing 
and I was rocking my little baby boy Maverick mm. and I, he fell asleep on my shoulder and, and I thought, you know, he's asleep. I don't want to move. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm going to pull out my phone and I can read that whole movie script thing and see what that's all about. So I pulled it out and I just really started reading like a good book. I just really liked the story. It was about a country singer. So of course I could relate to that. And yeah, he was, he had lost his wife and he, he was a single dad of three kids. And it was a story of redemption and restoration and him trying to figure out what that meant for his life. And I just thought, wow, this is, this is a cool story. I would love the chance to do it. And I called my brother and I said, Hey, that whole movie script idea. I, I want to do it. And he said, what? <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, go read it. It's great. Well, talk a little bit about, um, what some of the themes of the movie are. I mean, you've hinted at it a little bit about, you know, loss and redemption, but can you flesh it out just a little bit more for us? Yeah, there, it's a story of this guy who's just stuck. He's stuck in grief. He lost his wife two years prior to the movie, and he's just really spinning his wheels. It's coming up to the holiday season, and he just cannot move forward, and yet he doesn't vocalize that. He tries to just hide it and sweep it under the rug and pretend like he's trying to hold this ranch together, and in, in reality, he's not singing. He's not touring. He's not making money. He's trying to sell off the ranch bit by bit that was from his great grandfather that, that originally homesteaded that ranch. And he's just losing it all, but he's not showing it to anyone. Hmm. And everyone else around him knows it. <laughs> and he doesn't think they could see that he's a, just a broken man. Hmm. And he's not a man of many words. I just thought a lot of people could relate to this guy. And he, with complete surrender to God, is where eventually he understands what that restoration could be for his life. Well, what was it like to play a country singer on film versus being one in, in real life? And were there surprises about, you know, acting, maybe things you weren't expecting or, oh, my, my experience as an entertainer really helps me do this? Well, there was two times that I had to perform live in the movie itself. And so that having the country stage experience, um, of course, that was that was the easiest part of the film was just being myself <laughs> and performing songs. And it was like just like a music video. OK, but but everything else, I think the surprising thing was the the amount of memorization on the script. Uh, it's just something I just didn't really put that together when I first accepted <laughs> the role. I just maybe I thought that I could memorize a couple lines here and there as the day is going on, as we're filming. Hey, your your next scene, you just got to throw these lines out. And yeah, and I thought that, that would be easy, but but it just that never occurred to me that I was going to have to not only memorize, but know them so well that I'm. I'm living them and I'm believing them. And then I'm reacting to all the other actors as they are saying their lines that they believe. And then I have to be ready in case the director is flipping scenes and, and changing the plan. And we're going to something else that we didn't plan on shooting today, but because the sun is going down in just the right way, now we're <laughs> going to shoot this scene. We're going to shoot 108. And I'm thinking, what is 108? So uh, yeah, a lot of memorization was a surprise to me. Well, how would you say your faith and your relationship with God have connected with what you do as a singer and, and what you've done as an actor? I, I think specifically to answer that question, probably similar to both acting and singing, as we surrender to our creator, as we are 
reading his word, as we are devouring our, our time in his presence, as we're craving, as we're hungering for his word and we're needing it and we're relying on it, as that happens more and more in our lives, we become smaller and he becomes bigger. Mm. And that also reflects on, on a stage as a country singer, it also reflects as an actor, at least it should. And if it doesn't, that is a, a red flag that maybe we are not, um, we're not devouring enough of his word, <laughs> I guess you could say. And so what that, what that equals to practically, what that looks like is we become smaller and he becomes bigger. That, that means practically it, it looks like I'm going to wake up in the morning and go, God, I don't know what today holds, but mm. you do. You have a plan for today. You have a purpose for today. So open the eyes and the ears of those around me that if I have an opportunity to show them you, mm. speak through me, let me be a vessel for you. Let me be a servant for you, whatever that might be. Humble me if I need to be humbled. Mm. If I start to exalt myself on this stage or in this movie, humble me so that you show through again, so that there's people that need to see you through me. And if we continue on that path, Wow, that that opens up doors that we just can't do on our own. Man, I confess it's it's convicting. Like I think that especially when we have the privilege and the opportunity to work in in areas where God has gifted us, it's easy to start believing our own press, you know, and, and believing all yes. that. And I, it seems like what you're talking about is a really radical dependence that I think sometimes even among Christian artists and well, Christians of any profession, uh, we can start to believe it's about us. So I love mm. that. Thank you. Oh yeah. And don't, please don't let me, uh, try to convince you that I am <laughs> exercising this radical dependence. Yeah. Um, you know, as I meditate through the Psalms, I can see that that's what is required of me. That's what, mm. that's what Jesus asked when he says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That why do we think he means anything less? And so, although I am not exercising that kind of radical dependence every yeah. day, that's what I'm striving for. And that's what right. I know that his word says. <laughs> yeah, no. And and I'm, I'm totally with you. I mean, we have good days and we have bad days. And I think yes. the beauty of God's grace is that ultimately it's not about my evaluation of whether I think I nailed <laughs> right. it or whether I totally fell right. on my face. Right. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, Granger, I know that your fans will know that you and your wife have walked through some terrible loss. Would you be willing to tell us kind of what, how that happened and, and maybe how that impacted your faith? Yeah, we lost our son river, um, a little over, I guess, almost four years ago and, uh, to a drowning. Mm. And it was, I was there, I was with my other two kids at the time. Um, and it was, uh, it was something that just rocked us to the absolute core. Mm. Um, it, it brought me down to absolute zero. And, uh, and I watched as God restored this family and as he rebuilt and redeemed days on the calendar and hours in the day and and uh, homes and relationships. And as I just, as we surrendered more and watched him rebuild and redeem so that we stopped 
asking why God, why would you do this? Or why, why could you possibly put us through this? Then those, those whys disappeared and it became, what are you showing me here, God? What do I need to know to get closer to you, to tell others about you through this situation, through this suffering, because you don't, God never promises to, to end our suffering on this earth. Mm. He promises to walk us through it. Mm. And, um, Sometimes it takes radical situations in our lives for us to to really lean into that. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate you just being willing to talk about that. And I mean, as a father of three myself, I it's incomprehensible. I mean, just the journey that that you have been on. So thanks for giving us a little bit of insight into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Granger. Is there anything else you would like to say to our plugged in audience today, maybe about your music or about Moonrise or, or even just your walk of faith in general? Yeah. Well, well, thank you for the, for this opportunity and this platform. And, and I think ultimately with Moonrise, the movie, um, I think people are going to see this movie. I hope that, that people see it. And and if, if anything, just one person (laughs) could see it and go, you know what? I'm stuck. I am stuck like this character. I, it has been seven years since I lost dad hmm. and I still don't like June the 12th hmm. and I still uh, avoid, I still hide from it. I still crawl into my cave around Thanksgiving because that's the day dad loved. Hmm. And I hope that they could walk away from this movie and, and see that through surrender, through, through complete understanding of the sovereignty of a big God that has a purpose, that has a promise, that has a plan that we can go, man, uh, God could redeem that June 12th day or the Thanksgiving day. And, and God could get us unstuck. There's a way forward. There's a way out of this because we, it is okay to grieve. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to be sad, but it is not okay when that turns into years of being stuck and it becomes self-deprecating that is when it's not okay is when it starts to the the tragedy and the aftermath of that tragedy outweighs and outlives the actual tragedy itself Hmm. that's when it's called depression and that is not okay and that is not biblical and god calls us forward and out of depression never to sit in it jesus says are you do you want to be healed he he always calls us forward and out. And if anything, if one person watches this movie and says there's a way out, I'm being called up and out and forward, not to stay stuck, then that matters to me. Thank you. And I hope that Moonrise does well. And thanks for spending some time with me today and also with our plugged in audience today. My pleasure. Thank you, brother, for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, Granger. All right. Bye-bye. Well, now it's time for another installment of Name That Movie. A little, hmm, I guess I'll call it a game, although when I call it a game, it makes Paul want to win. I do want to (laughs) win. Where we describe a movie in a creative, clever, or cryptic way. Man, I should have been a Baptist preacher. Did you see what I did there? Three C's right in a row. Uh, (laughs) And the rest of us have to guess. Alliteration works. Alliteration is our friend, right? So... Do I have any volunteers? Oh, and I, I I thought we could have a little bit of a theme this week that maybe that would limit us a little bit. And mm. and my broad theme, and it's super broad, it's so broad it's almost meaningless, but we'll go with it anyway, is something that was 
newsworthy, noteworthy, or even controversial about the movies that we've picked. Although I really liked last week's um, uh, tying it into movies in 2022. Yes. Now that, that was your idea, Bob. That's true. No, <laughs> that's I, mean, I really I, liked it. Often I like my ideas, too. <laughs> Does anybody want to lead off? I'll go first. Okay, Emily. A girl coming of age learns that growing up can be a beast. Oh, oh turning, turning red. red. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was hoping that would take a little bit longer. I was going to yes. go with... Uh, hang in there. <laughs> we need a oh, buzzer. What was the, the Archer Pixar movie? Wow. I want Ar- to be oh, brave. 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 That's what I was yeah, yeah. thinking. Because there's beasts in that, too. Her mom and is a beast. And that wasn't so much about growing up. Though. I know. I know. Well, they're all about growing up, kind of. I mean, it's Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. See, now we're, we're having a conversation, down. right? Who's next? <laughs> I'll go next. Okay. And I'm going to make mine a 2022 film. Okay, just, great. Just, uh, just so, uh, just mine so is know. not. Double whammy. Okay. A boy witnesses a massive betrayal and then kills everyone. Oh, it's a happy movie. The Batman. Black no, Adam. no, no. But but you know you could sort of tie that in. But Boy he witnesses kill people. he doesn't kill people. No. That's that's against. Did you hear what I said? What Black Adam? No. Okay. That would. That's Although a good again guess. you could. That's a sort good. Of, yeah. I mean, pretty much kill everybody. Pretty much. Movie. Didn't actually see it. <laughs> a boy experiences a massive betrayal. Yeah, kills, witnesses a massive betrayal and, and then kills everyone. Brutally, the way he said massive. In fact, I'll even really. clarify it. Brutally, murders everyone. Man. You know, I I would go back to. It feels like a Star Wars movie, but I don't think. Can we get another hint? Clue, please. Yeah. Um, mainstream movie from 2022. Is it Avatar? No. <laughs> no. no. I've, I've, uh, You're going to have to tell movie. us. The Northman. The Northman. The Northman. Oh. You know, it's all this Norse mythology and everything, and it really digs into that. And but it's about this son who <laughs> I didn't sees see it, so. this son who sees his father uh, betrayed and murdered, and then when he grows up, he kills everybody. Wow! What a happy story. Oh, it was. It was lovely. It was. It was a definite. I mean, there are people that are sitting around praising this film about how wonderful it was. I found it completely gruesome. Okay. Hmm. All right. So. Alrighty then. Because okay, because fine. Bob, because Bob and I agree on everything. I'm also going to do a 2022 controversial movie. Oh, good for you. Wait. Good for you, Paul. That is exactly right. A rich guy with issues tries to take down a serial killer. Batman. The Batman. <laughs> I just gotta yell that out yeah. every time. That's yeah. right. It's, it's gonna be right. Every movie. The Batman. <laughs> yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I I'm a little sad I didn't get to my second clue though. Oh no! Most of his work is done during the dark of night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got it. We got it. I I'm about to cringe Why? and hurt my neck again. Why do I not get the appreciation I deserve? All right, someone else can go down. His, yeah. his wardrobe um, is limited. Mine is not from 2022. Uh, a young boy's naive and idealistic worldview is shattered when he meets a girl who is suffering because of his beliefs. Hmm. Suffering because of his beliefs. Hmm, 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 hmm. Not from 2022. No. The movie takes place in Germany during World War II. Oh, um, what's it called? It's like, is it Peanut Butter Falcon or? No, no, no. What no, am I no. thinking of? The That's French the Lieutenant's Woman. No, I'm thinking of the one with Scarlett Johansson. 
Yeah, I see. I, I'm oh, on the right oh, track. I can't oh. remember what it's called, though. The director who plays it's Hitler like something rabbit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. says critics. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo be... Rabbit. Yes. There it is. Rabbit. Yeah, it, it, the yeah, rabbit, yeah, the falcon, yeah. you know. <laughs> There's animals. There's, <laughs> sounds like. There's an animal in the title. Jojo <laughs> Rabbit <laughs> is correct. Not Next so week, so we're going to try out our new audio charades game, and we'll see how that goes. The director who plays Hitler says critics wouldn't be as harsh about the film if they knew that he was Jewish. Hmm. But I already got it. Things so it can make matter. us go. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? All right, I'm last, and I think you'll get mine. A man with a message of love stars in the highest grossing and one of the bloodiest R-rated movies of all time. It's not Deadpool. It's not Deadpool. Well, it would have to be The Passion of the Christ. It right? would have to be The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> so, I mean, you can pretty much reliably count on Paul bringing Batman and me bringing Jesus so you know what does that say about us not good things to me I think it's unclear to me but depends on which Batman but uh, I think that we did you win I did win the game Oh, were you scoring? Oh, we were I taking was. points okay you know are we basing it on how many you guessed correctly or how good your description was how many puns you can get no, into? I think because I, no, I, I think who's won if we're going by oh, description? Yeah. The puns. None of the us I mean, honestly, all of us would like to grade our own tests. Okay. <laughs> I I won. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I know that my son would like to grade his own calculus test, but that's another podcast for another time. And wouldn't you know it? Speaking of time, we are just about out of it. Out of it. Mm-hmm. We would also like to thank you for spending some of yours, your time, that is, with us today. And if you've enjoyed the show. Let us know by leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends word of mouth is the best way to get information about the plugged in show out there. And this next part's super important. So is everybody listening? I'll give you a second to start listening. Okay, great. Thank you. If you haven't taken time to vote yet for your favorite plugged in movie award nominee, be sure to head over to pluggedin.com slash blog and vote for something in each of the four categories in the corresponding blogs that you find there. Or if you prefer, we'll be posting each of those blogs on our Facebook and Instagram accounts individually, and you can cast your vote there too. Finally, you know, if you want to just send us an email, you can reach us at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And we may just feature your comments on an upcoming show. And this week we heard from Daniel. Daniel says he's 20 years old. He's been using Plugged In Reviews since he was a kid. And he wrote in to talk to us about our recent show on kidulting, this trend Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. adults buying toys. toys. And he said, I am an AFOL, that is... An adult fan of Lego. I didn't Ooh, know that was a thing. So the icebreaker it. question made my day listening to it. And he says, this is for you, Paul. By the way, Paul, that yellow castle set with the box is rare. So hang on to it. Oh, man. See, I'm missing some pieces to it. Yeah, well. But I do have the box. The box, you know, is probably still good. And we want to thank Daniel for writing in to share his response to Paul that podcast. Although probably just broke his heart. <laughs> well, that's true. Sorry, Daniel. Paul doesn't have all of the pieces. If thanks, you have extra, you could send it. them to me. <laughs> all right, Paul. This is not a campaign okay. for okay. Lego pieces for you. Just saying. <laughs> well, thanks again for spending some time with us this week as we have talked about movies that didn't make the cut. And we hope that you have enjoyed our conversation and learned some things about how we think about movies and maybe how what we do can apply to your family as well. 
And we would love for you to come back next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. <laughs>